welcome to This Versus That, Making Wedding Decisions with Kelly McWilliams. This podcast is for you if you're making a wedding decision and want to know what to consider before saying I do to all the things that will make your wedding experience a great one. I'm your host, Kelly McWilliams, and I'm so glad to be a part of your wedding planning journey. In each episode, you can count on me and my expert wedding co-hosts to give you everything it takes to make the best decisions for the wedding that you're dreaming of. Lynn is an educator turned photographer whose own love story and marriage inspires her to document the love of other soulmates. She's a hybrid photographer who supports couples throughout the planning process and artfully captures each wedding day in timeless imagery. Named Alia Boston's top photographer in 2020, she has been featured in Wedding Sparrow, Rangefinder Magazine, Boston Weddings Magazine, and more. Always an educator at heart, Lynn is committed to building opportunities for connection and learning within the wedding industry and beyond. She enjoys leading in-person workshops and recently launched her first online course, the Wedding Client Experience Academy, to help industry creatives deliver impeccable service to their couples. Lynn reached out to me about this episode topic, and I was intrigued immediately because you know what? It is something to think about what parts of your day that you want to document most. And depending on the photography package that you've chosen, you may have more front end time, you know, before the ceremony, or you may have your photographer there later in the evening to catch maybe your exit. Deciding on where to have your photographer and videographer come in during the day and exit during the day is a really important decision to make. So it's almost like saying if you had to choose having them document the first part versus the last part. I mean, that's it's a lot, but that's why we had this episode. So let's get into it. Hi, Lynn. I'm so glad to see you today. Hi, Kelly. I'm so glad to be here. Good, 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 good. Well, this is an interesting topic, and I don't think it's one that everyone necessarily thinks about choosing between one or the other, but I feel like sometimes that does have to happen, unfortunately, and sometimes it doesn't. Yay when it doesn't, when you can have both, but in the instance where maybe someone can't have coverage for the whole day, we should talk about the good, bad, and ugly of picking one over the other. Getting those early moments of the day where you're getting ready and you're separated from your spouse and the end of the night where everyone's together and it's the final moments of the celebration, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's, hopefully you don't have to worry about it, but sometimes you will. And it's good to just think about what you're getting and what you might be missing in both parts. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I re- I already told everybody about your business and how long you've been doing it and all that jazz, but I would love for you to just take a, a, a minute or two just to, you know, kind of give us the lowdown on what makes you an expert on this topic. Sure. Yeah. So I am a photographer, you know, for the last several years, as you mentioned, and full time, I should say within that time, I've shot over a hundred weddings at this point. So I've been at the starts and at the ends of many, many weddings and have had to help guide couples. Most of my couples are choosing an eight to a 10 hour collection, which means that they need to be thinking about this at least a little bit in some way. And so I've been able to support you know, over a hundred couples and making this decision and kind of figuring out what they value most and what parts of the day they want me to be there for, what makes the most sense for them. Yeah. So, you know what I was thinking before we talk about um, going over one or the other, maybe we should talk about how that eight to 10 hours is covers a day. Because I think when a lot of people hear that, they might think eight hours is a lot. Why in the world would you need 10? Oh, very easily, very easily you can need 10. And this is where like the timing part of your day and Lynn, interrupt me at any time if you think I'm wrong here, but concerning I've done like hundreds and hundreds of these, I think I (laughs) kind of go down. 
there are, you, you may have the option to get a photographer for four, six, eight, seven, nine, 10, 12, uh, un, you know, unlimited hours. Really what you want to look into is before you maybe set, set yourself up with the coverage that you want is knowing what the timeline of your day is. What's going to make the most significant difference for you is if you're doing a first glance or not, I think that that changes the the length of your day. Also, if there is a um, a break between the ceremony and the reception, like if you're getting married in a church and at let's say two o'clock, but your reception doesn't start till six, um, there's a big break in there. And most photographers, correct me if I'm wrong, Lynn, um, that's included in those those coverage hours, all those hours in between. It doesn't break. You don't get the hour and a half for the ceremony, and then it stops, and then time starts again when you pick up. I do not. That. No, no, you're right. You're right. It just, it's think, kind of continuous coverage. Once we show yes. up, we're there until we leave, and that exactly. is continuous coverage for the day. Right. So keep those two things in mind when you're um, hearing us talk about all of these things, what the length of your day is. And I, when you look at your timeline, you'll quickly see how in most instances, seven hours almost doesn't cover it unless you've really got a tight pack schedule and you're going to be very, very careful and on top of it. Um, I feel like in most circumstances, eight to 10 is going to fit most people in those extended circumstances where there's a break in between that 12 hour might like be an absolute necessity if you want to cover everything. Yeah? I agree. Completely okay. agree. Yep. Okay. So how should we tackle this? I'm kind of, I don't know, because should we break it up and talk about the things that are covered during the first part of the day and then talk about things that could be covered in the last part of the day? Or how, how do you feel like we, we could best tackle this topic? Yeah, I think that makes sense to start with, what the beginning of the day looks like, what are some of the things that you're either going to get or you're not, if you choose Mm -hmm. that to kind of prioritize that portion of the day. And we can talk about, you know, maybe some of the cons as well. What might you actually end up missing? And I think that'll lead us into the end of the evening pretty well. Okay. Let's hit it. Yeah. All right. So what do you, as photographers in general, I think I kind of see the same kind of timeline come through more often than not that they want to arrive. They want to get some detail shots and that's of like all of the things um, like the tangible items. Bridal details like shoes and veil, jewelry, the wedding stationery. So I always ask to have an invitation suite there for me. I think a lot of photographers do the same. It's a great Mm -hmm. chance to document that. Um, and, you know, having all the rings together. Yeah. So the dress hung beforehand, the groom's cufflinks and tie and shoes and, you know, all of those pieces. Yeah. So it is a good and, chance to get the the details styled for the day there. Right. And um, during that initial part of the day, is that also when you might be getting any, um, like, just actual images of space at that time? like? Um, outdoors and things like that that might be used for, I don't know, an album for any reason. But basically, it's just nothing that's like necessarily on a person or on a thing. It's just like the all of the things, right? The yes, it depends on where getting part. ready happens. Okay. Sorry, yeah, it depends on where getting ready happens. So if you're starting to do that process in a hotel and it's not really your ultimate venue, you may not get too many that are outdoors and those scene setter okay. images, but if you are okay. getting ready at your venue, either where the ceremony or reception is, that's a great opportunity for, yeah, some of those wide shots, uh, you know, and detail mm-hmm. shots of the venue as well. Okay. Is this the time that you would also be doing like flat lays if that's something that somebody would want? Absolutely. Can you explain what a flat lay is for someone who may not know? Sure. I'd love to. I love flat lays. They're so fun. Okay. <laughs> Um, basically it's a styled scene that is photographed from straight overhead that has your details like stationary or smaller, um, pieces, elements of the day 
physical elements of the day that are styled together, usually with ribbon or flowers or some other decorative elements, and they help tell the story of your day. So it's not you in your shoes. It's a photo of your shoes, maybe laid out with your necklace and your veil and your bouquet all styled together uh, in a photograph. And they work really well to put into albums later to fill out your gallery and really tell the full story of kind of what was happening in those moments. What was the style that what was the decor of those pieces? Mm-hmm. Can I ask the question, do most people end up choosing those to be in their albums? They don't choose a ton. I wouldn't say they're full of them, but one or two to three normally. Yes, I have. Oh, um, okay. That they will. Okay. Um, maybe I'm a bridal one, a groom's one. Yeah. And then the stationery, because the stationery is kind of the first, it sets the tone for the day for your guests, right? And so mm-hmm. it's kind of a, it's a, an important one that a lot of my couples end up choosing to put into their album as well. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I, uh, you know, back when I got married a very, very long time ago, they didn't have flowers. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> they did not happen. This is a new thing. So it's, I'm still grasping the concept of, like, I think they're beautiful when I look at them on Instagram, but I was very curious if people actually put those in albums. So I'm glad to hear that, that because it is a time investment for photographers to do that. Am I right? It is. Yeah. I mm-hmm. usually budget about 45 minutes. And I think that most photographers are going to be somewhere between like 30 to 60 minutes in the day that's going to be used for styling if they're going to be doing those kinds of flat lays, depending on the amount of details and whether there's an invitation suite or not. Okay. Got it. Got it. So that's one part, just one part of the pre-day, pre-ceremony time that we would be considering. Okay. And then beyond that, what other moments and parts of the day would you be covering? Um, prior to the ceremony? Well, so similar to flat lays kind of being a new, newer thing that we're seeing during that time, um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of traditions and moments are being added to getting ready and to that front portion of the day when you first arrive. And so things like getting your, um, the bride with all of her bridesmaids in like robes or pajamas mm-hmm. before they change into dresses, Yeah, doing, um, a champagne, you know, pop and toast or, you know, whiskey with the groomsmen doing, um, a father daughter or a mother son reveal moment. So oh, yeah. after you get in the dress, exchanging notes or gifts between, the couple before they see Mm -hmm. each other and being able to like read those and open those at some point, you know, before you leave even to do a first look, let's say if you were to do that or to head to the ceremony. So there's a lot of additional pieces that are getting added in just to the very, very start of the day that you want to be able to allow time for, or, or think about, are these things that matter to me? Do I want time for them? Am I going to do these things? Because for each one of those things that I mentioned, you need to add a little time into that portion of the day when you're starting. So that's something that they would um, typically need to go over with their photographer. Like for, because I don't think that everyone walking the door, let's say that calls you and hires you knows that these are opportunities for them, that those are pictures that they may or may not want. So do most photographers go through that when they have their calls with the client, like their, their final calls to say, okay, um, do you want to have the, you know, these specific images so that you can figure out that like to fine tune the timing so we can figure out how much coverage we need. So different photographers are definitely going to get into a various levels of detail. It's hard to say that everyone is going to ask those very specific questions, but I would Mm -hmm. say, all photographers are going to be checking in about your timeline at some point and want to be able to structure the day so that they know when they're showing up and when each portion of the day is happening. So it can be really good to bring to your photographer, even if they're not asking you those questions. If you know you want to do some of these things, mention it up front. Okay. Okay. At some so point that... in the planning process, it doesn't have to be like on a booking call. You know, a lot of these things right. get added oh, yeah. over the course of planning. So when I say okay, upfront, so I me... don't mean booking. I mean like any time before the wedding day happens. So here, here's what I do want to say, guys that are listening, you guys. Um, this is not something that you have to fine tune. 
on the first call with you know when you that you have with your photographer it is a like midpoint call or finalization call um so that you can fine tune how many hours so you may hire someone in the beginning in my right land for an 8 hour package and then when you have your um last call just to you know make sure all the timing and everything is listed there for for him or her that you go through that list and say, oh, by the way, I wanted to have a first look with my dad and my brother. And so that then the photographer would say, oh, okay, if we're going to add these five extra images in that we've spoken about today, I think we need 30 more minutes. So that you can go from, let's say the eight and a half hour, uh, eight hour package to like bumping it up to nine to make sure that everything is going to get done and not rushed. Because just because you want the extra pictures doesn't mean there's time for it just because you added them. So you don't want to ever, you don't want to rush yourself, but you also don't want to rush your photographer because nothing good is going to come from that. Thank you. Nothing good. (laughs) So true. So true. And yes, you can. I generally add on, you know, the six month, the three month or whenever that last call is, there's Mm -hmm. always the flexibility usually to add on an additional hour if you need it. Um, let's talk about the, um, the, the spouse's party. So let's say that the, um, the couple is getting ready in separate places and they've got their individual parties in separate places. Um, one thing that I do think that that needs to be considered as well. And probably on one, not the initial call, but one of the earlier calls so that, you know, if, one, you need one photographer or two, or if there's one, if they're going to be bouncing back and forth between the, well, you don't want to bounce back and forth, but you want to find a way to make it as efficient as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And some photographers I know definitely work alone and they structure it right into their day that they're going to start with one of the two and then go to the second person and mm-hmm. from there, they'll move into the ceremony or however the rest of the day looks. But they need to build in that time, including yes. travel, especially if you're getting ready in two different locations. Yes. And the other side of that coin is to have a second photographer. And not every photographer works with a second. I do. But that's another way that I, I do that. So my second okay. photographer would go to the other spouse while usually I'm going to the bride and the other's the second photographer is going to the groom um, and how we kind of split that up. Okay. So, um, okay. So I know we talked a lot about timing in here, but I really feel like it's so important that everyone really understands because that it just, it has such a massive impression on the actual timing of the day and how much coverage you need. So I'm glad that we took that few minutes to go over that part of it. Okay. So what other moments are there um, and maybe we, I know we kind of breeze through them very quickly, but some people don't know what these are that they could have. So maybe we could just go through them and explain some, you know, what all of them are and that you, you know, you've seen done and that I've seen done. So people can think about if they want to include them. Sure. Sure. All right, cool. You go first. <laughs> Let's see, where did we start? So I know I talked about potentially like that bridal party shot in robes or pajamas. So that might be one. Mm -hmm. Maybe self-explanatory, but just if you are doing a matching set of pajamas or silk robes, or um, I've seen like the button down shirts or something like that. If Mm -hmm. you have, if you've gotten a gift of some sort like that for all of your wedding party to wear in that preparation section of the day, a lot of times it just organizing so that before they all head off to change, you actually can take a moment, gather everyone together and take a picture together in them. And the sweet spot for that is normally when everyone's hair and makeup is done. Yeah. Cause you want to look cute. So you want to look cute. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, uh, one that I just thought of is, um, the, when you've got, well, the reveal to your wedding party, Um, so for, and this could be for guys and for girls. Um, so the, what, what I've seen in the images and in video, when I've had the chance to see that is that, um, the wedding party is 
standing on one side of the room and they have their eyes closed or they're turned around or something like that. And then the bride or if there's a groom or vice versa, you know, is there. And then they all turn around or open their eyes to see them in their attire, their dress, their suit, their tux or, you know, whatnot um, for the first time to capture that, that, you know, that, um, that look, that special moment when they see them the first time in the veil and, you know, and all those things. So I think that's a cute picture and I think it makes her great video. Yeah. I love those. And what's fun about that too, is thinking about who you want in the room with you when you're getting ready. So for those larger groups, if you do have a, you know, 12 friends or eight friends or whoever you have with you, friends and family that are in your wedding party, um, you're going to be hidden if you have all eight of them trying to help you get ready. So it can be really nice to have just like your maid of honor or best man or whoever that person is helping you get ready. And then you get to add that reveal moment in as well, which is yeah. always fun. Or your mom or dad. I've yes. seen them. Yeah. Or sibling, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, in that case, I think what Lynn is trying to say, if you can imagine guys, let's say you are at, um, and your home, um, you get ready with everyone, but then you go into another room to actually get dressed with that one or two other people that are most, that are the most important to you. Um, and then your photographer can, um, capture those images as well. Yes. All right. Um, what else? Well, along that same line is to do a reveal with mom or dad as well. Um, Oh yeah. Right. Or grandma I've seen or grandpa, like a a reveal with the grandparents. Yeah. So who do you want to have a reveal moment with on your day? Basically Um, it's a good thing to be thinking about. And if you want to add those in. And I think beyond just the photography part of the day, the photography of this, but I think those are also just really special private moments. I'm going to start crying, Lynn. And I don't mean to do that, but I see this happen so often. And it's just for them to have just, you know, a minute or two to be with them alone and separate from everyone else, from someone who's really, really dear to you. This podcast makes me cry more than I Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Um no, it's fine. So I it's mean, more such beautiful moments. I I love that and <sighs> I get it. Yeah. I just you, I'm sure you could you get to experience them far more than I do because it's rare that I'm in the room for that. Um, but I see I do see it in video and I do see the pictures that come from it. But um I've had clients who came back to me and said, I had no idea that that was going to mean so much to me just that that minute and more so the person that was brought into the situation you know the grandma the grandpa the dad the brother oh my gosh some of the the little brother the big brother i mean it's just children you know it's it's just oh that's another um moment that i've seen that i thought was so cute in photography was a little girl like with the um the, you know, the, her dress for the first time or seeing the, the bride for the first time or holding the wedding dress in front of her, like she was wearing it. Just one of those cute pictures I've seen a few times that I wanted to mention. No, absolutely. I had, um, one of my brides had a little niece who was basically like little butt naked with her little diaper on like two years old and had the straps up over it like on a little bench it was just the cutest thing to see her like playing dress up with her auntie's wedding dress yeah yeah um we other things that we didn't mention oh so we talked about like a a champagne look i think you're talking about like champagne spray bottle is that what you're talking about they shake the champagne yeah and even if not that yeah a lot of at that point in the day i don't have personally haven't seen too many people like shaking the champagne because they're just they just got hair and makeup done so we're not messing with that necessarily but oh, okay. just to pop a bottle of champagne and do a pour you know and then do a toast to the bride or groom and just have that moment or even to give out um groomsmen or bridesmaids gifts wedding party gifts to everybody if you haven't given them out at the rehearsal dinner to make a moment out of that oh oh yeah Good, 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 good. And so everything that we're saying, guys, you know, we're talking, we talk about brides a lot because traditionally we just spend a lot of time 
in that room because there's just more things. There's more jewelry. There's more perfume. There's more shoes. There's more dress. There's more everything. But the guys, when we've got guys, they have stuff too. So don't leave that part out. Maybe there's a great watch, cufflinks, ties, um, special moments that they want, just like we said for a potential bride. You know, that can also easily translate um, for a groom. So don't feel like this is a one-sided equation. It should be equal opportunity <laughs> across the board. Yeah. So because again, part of the day. And I think something to consider that I find so special about photographing and getting video of this part of the day is that that is the part of the day that you are separated from each other, that you don't get to see what that experience was like for your spouse. So like, I, I, I don't have it, but I would love to have been able to see what my husband's day was like when that's I was so with true. Him, yes. You know, so true. And that's how you capture it. Yes. And they so. are really emotional moments a lot of times mm-hmm. because the nerves start to get felt with every piece of the puzzle that comes together in your outfit. You start to get a little more nervous because it gets a little more real, all of a sudden people are taking deep breaths and giving like those squeezes on the, you know, the hand and like back mm-hmm. pat. Like there are just a lot of those small moments that show through because the emotions are running kind of high at that point, but in a good way. It's just yeah. the nerves, the anticipation, the excitement all wrapped up. Other things that are not forced that happened during that time that I think are captured really well with photography are just those candid moments where you're kind of fly on the wall pictures. Um, and so w- what would you say on average, if, uh, and I know you don't know because you can only talk about what you've seen, but um how much, how much time do you think on average a photographer would spend just being in the room photographing what's actually happening instead of setting things up? Yeah. Again, it's going to be different for everyone. I would say mm-hmm. that that's usually, you know, 15 minutes to 30 minutes for me of just mm-hmm. those finishing touches as everyone's hanging out, you know, yeah. in between those moments, the bridesmaids heading off to get ready. and then a lot of it becomes, it's not necessarily forced or staged, but it's fly on the wall, but a little bit more formalized in the sense of getting, for me, it's usually getting the bride into her dress, right? And Mm -hmm. into her shoes and into her jewelry and all those pieces. And so I, you try not to be invasive in those moments, but it's a little bit more thoughtful in the sense of like, you're not completely just a fly on the wall because we've usually eliminated some of the wedding party at that point to just do it with a few people and great light, things like that. Yeah. I think what I'm talking about is more like, let's say you're already in the room and you're waiting for um, the, let's say the groom to get the last of his cufflinks on or something like that. And to your right, there's guys that are doing shots or, you know, something like that. That, that, that you have nothing to do with. It just happens to be happening in the room. So maybe that's like getting those kinds of details in a, to allow for there to be that extra time for a photographer to turn around and just look for images. I think it's a great place to put in padding on your timeline. Like, and that's why I'm saying like, don't put like a strict we're going to do this right now. We're going to do this right now. We're going to do this right now. It's going to take seven minutes and this is going to take five. And so that's 12 minutes. Uh, make it 15. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. so, <laughs> so I'm saying like pad everything. And all that does is mean, yeah, you might at the end have some time left over, but wouldn't you rather be relaxed than rushed? And wouldn't you rather allow your photographer to be able to capture those extra images of people just chilling out and like for you when, you know, when you're actually like maybe putting your spanks on and she's not photographing that, or he's not photographing that, that they can just be taking images of things that are just naturally happening. That's why I'm all for padding on everything. When Same. It comes to the timeline. A hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. And there are a lot of 
when you have that many people who all are friendly and know each other and all love the couple, there are just mm-hmm. so many wonderful moments that happen. Even just at my wedding last weekend, I turned around and their mom is on top of a windowsill, hanging all of the dresses up in her cute little silk pajama set, like getting ready for, you know, getting another shot, like a detail shot ready, but she's so cute. She's getting helped by the mom of the groom. And so like to have those two moms, like doing something together, super sweet moment, right? The other times you turn around and they're like playing music and the girls are like getting down and having a little dance party. Like that's happening while the bride is still having hair and makeup finished. But like so many of those things happen and leaving that cushion to be able to like turn around and catch those things too is really nice. Absolutely. I, I, I think those are spe- so special, those moments. And, you know, those are, you know, sometimes I think the ones that you do want to frame, they're like, because they're just so natural. They're just so natural. And um, yeah, I love those. Okay. So we also, you touched on um, notes and things like that. Um, you want to go into a little bit of detail on what those kinds of things are? Yeah. So not every couple, but many couples I'm seeing these days will choose to exchange a letter or a gift or both before they see each other. And it's a great chance. Um, I know video loves it too, because they can actually read the note aloud and it's really emotional and really sweet. And so that's kind of awesome for video as well as for photos to see people get emotional and respond to that. Um, but it's just a chance to, again, create a moment for each other. That's just for the two of you, just for the couple getting married in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. by writing something personal, you're going to make a really public statement of your vows later in one way or another, whether it's repeating after an officiant or saying your own, but this is just for the two of you. And it's kind of a nice way to like take a moment and take a deep breath, but also record the emotional impact that that note makes um, or that yeah. that gift makes at the start of a day. Yeah. The, um, I was going to say it falls in line with a gift. That, mm-hmm. That's something that, and um, this kind of thing you can do very privately, you know, and I would kind of recommend that to be honest with you, that you're very private with this, that you're in a space and everyone else is in another room um, so that you can be free to be as full of emotion as you like. Um but so, yeah, gifts and um, lo- notes to each other. Those are, I think, great things. Is there anything else that you um, might catch? most of them. I mean, just the other thing was just those detail shots. Some people get really into those. And if you really like the, you know, you want to have your, your jewelry and your details and your mm. shoes, like all those things captured, it does take time to style those. It takes more time to arrange them than it does to take the snap the photo itself. So, and every photographer is going to go at a different pace for that, but it's something to just think about and how many details you have. You know, I've seen personalized champagne bottles that are added in and, um, you know, personal notes or like family heirlooms, things like, you Mm. know, silver tray that you can use to style on or a handkerchief from a grandparent things like that. But the more you add and the more time it'll take for a photographer to really do a good job of styling them and for you beautifully. Yeah. Um, One thing I I do think that we need to say is that it is okay to not want all of this. And I think so many couples feel pressured into getting coverage of this part of the day because quote unquote, everybody does it. And that's what's supposed to get done and so i i just want i want to be the person that says you don't have to do what feels the most comfortable to you if it feels to you like it's too forced or that you really just don't want if it doesn't mean anything to you it doesn't mean anything to you you know so what i will say is that i've had a very few but a few clients who didn't get that coverage during the day and they kind of wish they had. Um, but I would say the majority of the couples that I've had who have said, we definitely, it's just not something we're that we're into. They were totally fine with it afterwards. So I think if you, you can hear me out and sh- I think most of you are listening, trust me at this point that I'm only 
set, trying to set you in the right frame of mind so that you can make the decision that is best for you, it really is okay to not get and ask for every picture that you've seen everywhere. Because, you know, in this day and age, you see every kind of picture that can be taken. And we're here talking about all of them, but we're not saying you need to take all of them. We're just like giving you all the opportunity to know what's out there and you may create some more of your own. So such a good point. And also mm-hmm. like, you don't need to take all of them, but if you do want them, you need the time for them. So just keep yes. that in mind. <laughs> That's, oh yes. We are all firmly behind that. Says every vendor always. Okay. Um, I can't, I can't really think of anything else. Uh, yeah. No, I think we did a pretty good job of covering, you know, all the things that yeah would normally come up. Yeah. Oh, one thing that I have seen, um, if you're, um, and this I think happens more naturally, but, um, it's like, um, the wedding party, um, either all together or, um, the, you know, there's a bride's party and a groom's party or just the two individual parties, um, getting together for prayer. You know, that is something that you might want to have photographed. It also may be something that you don't want to have photographed, that it just to you, it's too sacred and it's perfectly fine, perfectly fine to say, we would just like to have a private moment. We don't need this photographed. So just letting you know that that's something yeah. that's available to you. Love that. Okay. Um, what are, do, um, are there any con, pro, other pros or cons that someone should be thinking about that would be included in this part of the day? Uh, so I think depending on, you know, that timeline and how much coverage you decide to have on your wedding day, what it may mean is that you are not getting to the end of the night with coverage, which is not necessarily Mm -hmm. a con. It's just a fact, but we can talk about some of the things like next that you get at the end of the night. Like if you're really choosing to do some fun things at the end of the night, you just may not have coverage Mm -hmm. of those. Um, And it also can mean, I think for some people, it can mean squeezing in things maybe that's even like a harsh word, but like squeezing in things like parent dances and cake cutting before a photographer leaves, depending on how early you start. And if you really want all those things covered, you want to make sure that, you know, you're getting all those kind of the formalities of the reception, the toast, the cake cutting, the parent dances, the first dance. Um, If there's a blessing, all those pieces in before a photographer leaves. And sometimes that can feel a bit like you're running from station to station at the end, depending on how much time you actually build into your day and how tight, like how close you cut it. Yes. And that is a big portion of it. There's a huge portion of the timing. Um, I'm just going to say this. It is a better experience for everyone when some of that is broken up. <laughs> so if there's potential during the reception, um, to do some right when you walk in, some between first and second course, and then some at the end, it's going to alleviate a lot of things. Um, so if you but if you don't have the time coverage with your photographer and videographer, then yes, getting them done quickly the moment you walk in the door to your dinner reception is really going to be your best bet to get everything done before any food comes out. Just bing, bang, boom, get them all done. Um, but you know, depending on how many of those things that you're doing, just like you said, the welcome, the, which is also the, typically the, um, father of the bride's speech or whoever's giving the initial toast and then a blessing. If there's going to be have one, uh, breaking a bread, um, over the holla, uh, the, uh, first dance, dance with parents. What am I missing? Cake, Cake cutting, cutting, maid of honor, best man toast speeches. Hopefully that's everything, but it's a long list. So if it's if you have the opportunity to break them up between courses, yeah, you want you want to do that. And it's it a little bit more mean, difficult when there's buffet. Yes, yes. A little more difficult, but there are ways around it. It also may mean you just don't end up with 
those dance floor photos really at all. Cause yeah. your photographer, the last thing they may capture are parent dances and cake cutting, let's say, and then mm-hmm. they're done. So the dance floor is opening, but you're not going to necessarily get those dance floor photos. Yeah. What I will say is that, um, what I found in you, t- Lynn, tell me if I'm wrong, a photographer, if, if you've got a DJ or band who knows, I need everyone on the dance floor for 10 minutes. Please bring me the two songs. They're going to get everyone on the dance floor first. That way the photographer, and it only takes you that long really to get a good amount of pictures. Am I right? Cause absolutely. If you can get, yeah. So if there's that opportunity to, to get everyone on the dance floor, either right after dinner, or maybe there's a dance break in the middle of dinner that will allow your photographer to get those celebration images. But uh, am I wrong that it only takes a few minutes for you to get really good coverage of that? Yeah. Two to three good songs on the dance floor is all we need. We're not video. You're not getting, it's not the same in terms of the movement and things like that. The, the party vibes, we can get a good amount in just two or three songs for sure. Okay. Yeah. So if you have an opportunity for a dance break in the midst of your dinner, then that is one way to do that before your photographer leaves. Or, you know, when um, the dance floor opens, just make sure the DJ and or band knows that we have 10 minutes to get to allow the photographer to get really great images. So you need to get these people dance at like play those songs first, you know, and usually that's their goal anyway. So usually I think it usually lines up pretty well. All right. Yeah. So go ahead. I was just going to say the last caveat just being, I will say most of my couples personally choose to prioritize the beginning of the day. Like we just talked through and Mm -hmm. still end up with, you know, 30 minutes to an hour into the reception of like the open dance floor. So it's not always that you're going to miss that. Just the caveat being you may have to like, make those like really tough prioritizing decisions, but you don't have to necessarily. Yeah. It it really comes down to how much coverage time you have and how much, and how you've built your day out. It almost, almost everything when it comes down, when it comes to your wedding day is affected by your timeline. And that's why we talk about it so often on this podcast, because we want you to have the best experience of your day for your day but we have to equalize and balance the timeline and, you know, the actual, I hate to say, use the word production when we're talking about weddings, but, you know, we've got a, a lot <laughs> timing and, and um, movement within it to make sure that everything does happen that you want to experience during your wedding day without it not, without it feeling like, like production. We don't ever want it to feel like production. So Okay, so let's talk about things that happen um, at the latter part of the evening that people could maybe want to have photographed. Sure, yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff that happens at the end of the night, too. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have a young crowd that's going to be on the dance floor, or actually, I shouldn't even say that. If you have a crowd that is going to be on the (laughs) dance floor, all ages welcome, um, that's going to be really high energy and you know they're going to be packed on the dance floor, that may be something you prioritize more because you know it's going to be really fun out there and there's going to be a lot of like wild dance moves and things like that. Um, Beyond the dancing itself and an open dance floor, you know, late night snacks have become pretty popular. So if you're going to Mm -hmm. do a late night snack or have something as guests are leaving, if you're doing... um, a special exit, whether it's sparklers or fireworks display surprise, or I don't know what other people, what people are doing when they're leaving, but something special on your way out, right? If you're getting the group together in a circle and doing a last dance, kind of similar in feel to your first dance, that can be a kind of a fun one Mm -hmm. where the whole, you know, wedding, all the guests come out on the dance floor and surround the couple. If you um, are planning to change your outfit later into a second dress oh, yeah. or doing a jumpsuit and the, you know, or, you know, going into a tux number two or whatever that looks like for your either getaway outfit or a dance party outfit. Um, or if you're even transitioning into an after party, I think there's, you know, to keep the party going and you want to have that if that's happening on site and it's just kind of across the way in a different room. Um, 
all of those things happen late night towards the end of your party that you may want to have some great photos of and some great coverage of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what am I missing? <laughs> you know what I was, uh, we for, um, forgot if you have special dances other than the ones that we talked about, like the horror. Yes. Oh my goodness. So that, I can't believe we forgot about that, but you know, make sure that things like that are within the time frame as well. Like that's not something you want to have missed. So um, that would be one thing. I mean, some people do the money dance. It's rare, but you know, um, oh, yeah. the, um, the what's it called? The, the bouquet toss and the garter toss. You know, you just want to make sure that your photographer knows that these are going to happen. And, but if you don't care if they're not photographed, okay, it doesn't matter. But if you do care, then your photographer needs to know about it and you want to make sure that you push, you put them into the timing of his or her day. Um, and whether that means that you squish it all in with some of the other stuff or you extend their day or you just have booked the appropriate amount of hours to cover your day for something like that. But yeah, um, confetti cannons or confetti guns going off. Um, a lot of people think that has to be at the end of the night. It doesn't. It can be in the middle of your dance party. All that does is rehype everybody. So don't feel like that has to be at the end of the night. Um, if you have an opportunity to do more than one of those, to give that photographer and more than one opportunity to get the picture, because they're such great pictures, but sometimes, you know, everyone's so excited. They jump right in front of you and they don't get the, the million dollar image. So if you have that chance, do it more than once. And they don't have to be back to back. It can be a surprise at two different times during the evening. Oh, I love so, that advice. <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes. good. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do. We always, when we do confetti guns, we bring two when we try to shoot them off twice from two different angles. So that, you know, again, if it doesn't get done right the first time or for you to be in a different spot to get a different kind of angle for it. Um, that's always good. So we talked about sparklers, which I am not a fan of, but okay. Um, and you can do, um, uh, in some places, not often here where I am at, but in some places you can do those, what are those um, big bag, paper bag, paper lanterns? Oh, that fly yeah, the, the lanterns, air? yep. Sky yeah, lanterns, paper. sky lanterns. Yeah. Um, that's something you can do. Um, I will say those take a lot longer than you think. They take a solid 10 minutes. I do not under any circumstance recommend that you like try to do a bunch of them. Like if you're going to do it, just do one with your new spouse mm -hmm. <laughs> and get that beautiful image um, doing that. Um, on a previous ex episode, we talked about, I think it was with Renee Dallow. Um they did a sparkler exit, but it wasn't actually at the exit. They did it in the middle of the reception. They just um, went outside and took their wedding party outside and did it with just them instead of everybody at the wedding, which I thought was a great way if you couldn't have your photographer for the whole day to to grab that moment. Yep, I've so. done something similar before or orchestrated going I had one couple went from dinner and then, you know, dancing was going to be in a different spot. So they were going uh -huh. from a tented dinner into oh, yeah. the dance floor in a building. And so they used that as the opportunity to do the sparkler as, as a transition instead of an exit so they could get it because I wasn't going to be there later in the evening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we talked about after parties earlier and you don't necessarily need to have your photographer there for the whole after. I can't think of an instance where you need the photographer or even the videographer there for the whole after party. You need them there for like, what would you say? 15 minutes? Yeah, so? 15, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Get people yeah. coming in, get the whole vibe, some scene setters of the room and whatever vibe you've mm -hmm. set up for that. Cause it's usually different from the wedding itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That transition and people starting to enjoy themselves. And I think you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Because also at that time of the night, guys, nobody looks fabulous anymore because hopefully they have partied hard with the, the DJ or the band 
and it's been a long day. So your numbers are going to start dwindling within 10 minutes of you going into the after party. Hopefully not immensely, but they're going to start to get smaller. Um, and you always want your dance floor to look packed. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that's a perfect like segue. One of the, the cons I think that you could potentially have at the end of the night is that people mm-hmm. tend to get pretty sweaty on the dance floor, hair yeah. starts to fall out, people can get a little tipsy or beyond a little tipsy and like they think they're cute, but it's maybe not as cute as they thought they were <laughs> with those beer yes. goggles on. So it can be a lot of photos towards the end of the day that you get of dancing, but that maybe you don't actually want, (laughs) um, or, or just, you know, how many of those are actually going in an album or are you actually going to print? You know, there's only, I think so many dancing photos that you're going to print. So that's one of those things to consider as you're looking at end of night coverage. If it's just for that five minute sparkler exit, is there, is there a different opportunity in the evening to do that so that you're not getting two hours of dancing photos just to get the 10 sparkler exit photos at the end of the night that you want. Yes. Yes. Weighing that out is, yeah. You make things up, decide what your priorities are. If you, if you, if you are limited to the amount of coverage that you're going to have throughout the evening, you know, I think, or throughout your entire day, maybe, you know, it might be good to like list everything out and prioritize. And that's how you figure out if you want to be heavy front end or heavy on the back end, you know, what things are the most important. And especially if you have to make a decision between the two. Exactly. You know, so Lynn, this was so good. I feel like we touched on almost everything. Was there any other cons? <sighs> For the end of the day? Yeah. I think it's other just than that- you could start to look messy. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it's just the flip side from the start of the day we talked about earlier, which is it may mean either, you know, you don't get as much getting ready and some of those moments, you don't get as many details um, or parts of that can feel rushed at the start. Cause if you do try to squeeze some of that stuff in, if that's where you're doing the squeezing, it can feel a bit rushed at the start. I think one thing that I can say is that you really should lean on your photographer to help you guide you to help guide you through making this decision. If you don't feel comfortable in doing it on your own, like send your photographer an email and say, okay, here are the images that I want. And here's where I think they're going to take place. How much coverage do you think I need? Or, uh, you know, something along those lines so that they can lead you through what would probably be the best for your situation. I think every photographer would do that. Would they not? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Happy uh, to. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we (laughs) want to make sure that you end up with the photos you want from your day and capture it uniquely. And photographers have their own preferences and styles and, and certain timelines may align with their own styles as well. But I think most photographers are going to be genuinely committed to capturing the day that you have envisioned. And so they want to work with you to figure out how best to do that for you. But also recognize their expertise in this. And I do see this being a problem every once in a while, where you as the couple getting married, and it's, it's okay to be mad at me when I say this, you think, you know, exactly what you want but i promise you sometimes you don't know because you just don't know what you don't know and there's i mean that's that's for everyone on you know any kind of instance you don't know what you don't know so if you can lean on your photographer your videographer your wedding planner to lead you through and to be the expert for you and to be able to say to you i don't think that you're going to get out of this, what you think you're going to get out of this and let them explain why that you don't actually need them to be there for the two hours before your makeup is actually done because you're never going to want to see yourself without your makeup on in your wedding album, (laughs) you know, like that kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the case, you know, but that's why you should lean on the people that you've hired because they are the experts and they can tell you from their experiences 
you know, what, you know, what seems to work most often and what does not. So, um, I I think this is another good reason to like really love your photographer personally. (laughs) You're like, you've got to have that connection there. They, you know, the, your photographer is someone that you should feel like is your friend, um, that you feel that close to them, meaning that like, not like you're, oh, my dog is sick today. And, you know, not that, but that you could be friends with them, that you would be comfortable going and having coffee or going out to dinner with them. Like you have that level of comfort because they're going to be at your hip the whole day, all day, more than your wedding planner, more, more than anybody else. Your photographer and videographer are going to be there with you in the room, every room, the whole time. So you really need to love and enjoy them. Yes, I love that. And that's, I think, a goal of of us as photographers, too, is that we want to really connect with our couples because that is such an important element. And yeah. it's important to our, our work and our product for our couples, too. So it's important to us, too, for sure. This is also another vote for you to actually have an engagement session <laughs> to get that level. I know this has nothing to do yes. with the topic that we have today, but <laughs> I think it almost does though, because I think with, if you are able to do an engagement session that you would be more comfortable and, and less um, um, nervous with them being in the room with you in these moments where you're just trying to like kind of be with your girls or be with your guys or just chilling out because they are not just str- the stranger anymore. You are more fluid and things are happening more naturally and you're okay with them touching you up and, you know, listen, your dress is not sitting here, right? I'm going to pull this down from underneath. Pardon me for a second while I do this, you know, that, that you, it goes a long way. It goes, I'm not even just a photographer and I can tell you that it goes a long way. All the things I'm like praise hands thing over here. Yes, all yeah. the things. Praise hands. So praise true. Hands. <laughs> so so true. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lynn! Thank you so much. I thought this was a great episode, and I think that it really will help you. There's so many things people I don't know about that they can do, and this much less research. Like you don't have to go into Pinterest, you, you know. But you, lean on your photographer. Ask the questions. What are some other images that I might want to have? If you go through their portfolio, you might see some of their pictures on Instagram or anywhere else and say, I really love this. This is something that you always capture. You can ask that question, right? If this is like something that you always do, or if it was specific, that bride asked for it or that groom asked for it. And so if that's something that that you want, you can say, I love this. Is that something that can be recreated? And your photographer might say, no, that can't be recreated because we don't have a rock jetty where you're at. (laughs) You're on a mountain with trees, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. It's something that, you know, working closely with your photographer up front to, to, to say what you value. And I would even say like, learn about the options, learn about all the different things. We covered a ton of them today. So hopefully we've talked Mm -hmm. through a lot of the things, the beginning and end that people might do, but only pick things that are meaningful to you or that you really yes. want to do. Like we're not, Absolutely. nobody's saying do all these things. Um, nope, you would need not. like a whole, you might need like 15 hours of coverage to actually do all these things. <laughs> if you were to do every single one. And of you the don't you want them. About. You're going to have a headache looking at all those pictures yes. afterwards. Like you don't think about the things that are priority to you. Yes. We, we only mentioned all those things. So you know that they're something that you might want to consider. But I know I said earlier, you do not have to pick all, you don't right. have to pick any of them. Right. You can just, ha- I mean, you can narrow it down to just the actual ceremony, cocktail and dinner and dancing if you wanted to, but that doesn't tell the full story of your day. And that is why I think everyone encourages um, the the initial part of the day before the ceremony where you're getting ready because it does tell the story. So yes. Lynn, this was so good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Okay, great. I'll talk to you soon. I'm so glad to be able to share my wedding experiences and expertise with you and that my co-hosts are so giving of theirs. We truly do want you to have the best time at your wedding. And our hope is that this podcast is helping you to make your engagement time while planning your wedding that much easier. 
may I ask a favor of you if this is the case? Would you just take a moment to leave a review of this podcast on your listening platform? It helps people just like you to find the podcast and to also find out their answers so they can make decisions. I would also absolutely love for you to give this versus that podcast a shout out on your social media. You can find us at this versus that wedding podcast on Instagram. And if you would like me to help you with a specific question, a wedding decision, please, by all means, ask, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you and maybe just maybe even have you as a wedding guest on a future episode. How fun. Here's to another great wedding.